Welcome to another episode of Vet Nurse, a podcast made by a vet nurse student for vet nurse students, especially the nerdy ones who love practice clinical reasoning with cases. I'm your host, Ariel Lee, a third-year vet student from UC Davis School of Veterinary Medicine and a huge nerd. Join me in a case recap on the kitten with abnormal-looking eyes, which cued us in for a serious systemic disease followed by an expert interview on some tips and tricks of ocular exam and management of feline eyeballs. Whether you are studying for exams, seeking opportunities to hone your clinical skills, or simply thirsty for some weird cases, you will find something of interest here in the next 20 minutes. Let's dive into the case now. An eight-month-old male-neuter domestic short-haired kitten presented for abnormal-looking eyes. He was quieter and less playful for about two weeks, but still eating with good appetite. He lived with two other adult cats at home, both of which appeared to be healthy. All of them were indoor only and were up-to-date with core vaccinations and flea and tick prevention. On physical examination, his temperature was elevated at 103.6 degrees Fahrenheit. All other vitals were within normal range. His heart and lungs auscultated normally, abdomen was soft and non-painful, and his peripheral lymph nodes were small and soft. Due to patient privacy, I'm not able to provide original photos of this cat's eyes. However, I pulled together two eyes from the referenced articles that carry the same disease processes of our patients here. You can examine the reconstructed picture as shown in the episode art. What do you think is happening with his eyes? Are they experiencing the same pathology? The left eye had a foggy look. The bluish hue suggested corneal edema, and medially we could also appreciate corneal fibrosis. There was melanosis of the cornea around the lateral canthus, and you can see neovascularization into the cornea. Note that these blood vessels took the form of tree branches and grew from the periphery to the center of the cornea. This means they were likely superficial corneal vascularization, corresponding to superficial insults to the cornea. Whereas if we see perilimbo 360 degrees of dense and short head-shaped vessels in the episclera, they are more suggestive of deep corneal pathology. You may have heard of it as ciliary flush. This is an eye that had some chronic injuries suggested by the fibrosis and melanosis, we could perform fluorescein stain to determine if there was an active ulceration. The other eye appeared much clearer, but there were several things to note. There was turbidity in the ventral portion of the anterior chamber of the right eye. The white color deposits were fibrins, and the red color deposits were red blood cells. Hypopion and hyphema were both signs of anterior uveitis. Now, I know that the eyes are not even from the same cat, but humor this observation. The right pupil was very constricted. Would it have made sense for the cat to have meiosis of the eye with anterior uveitis? Absolutely. Inflammation of the anterior chamber causes ciliary and iris sphincter muscles to spasm. 
a small pupil results from this. We will talk about management of this condition a bit later in the interview portion. Now, we have a young cat who was not doing so well, and his eyes are trying to tell us something. Which one is more diagnostically rewarding, the anterior uveitis or the superficial keratitis? What are the main differentials for each of these conditions? In cats, the number one cause for anterior uveitis is infectious diseases. Three Fs and one T is what we look for first. FIP, or feline infectious peritonitis, FIV, FELV, and toxoplasmosis. Fungal, bacterial, and parasitic infections can also cause anterior uveitis, as well as other non-infectious etiologies, such as immune-mediated diseases, vascular, and neoplastic causes. In a young cat with such presentation, a systemic workup including CBC, chemistry, imaging, and tests to rule in or out the 3Fs and 1T should be pursued. Our cat had mild non-regenerative anemia, hyperglobulinemia, with concurrent hypoalbuminemia. His mesenteric lymph node was enlarged on abdominal ultrasound. His FIV-FELV combo SNAP test was negative. Serum toxoplasmosis titer was negative. And his FIP titer was positive at 1 to 20,480. Please note that there is currently no molecular diagnostic test that definitively differentiate FIP from feline coronavirus infection. The IDEX assay, FIP virus real PCR, detects two mutations in spike protein gene that are associated with increased virulence, but while it is highly specific, the sensitivity of this test is quite low. Immunohistochemistry, or IHC, of lymphoid tissues may be the most useful antemortem test, but it requires invasive surgical biopsy. When we have a high feline coronavirus titer in a symptomatic cat like in our case, it is reasonable to make the diagnosis of FIP. Now, did FIP cause the corneal changes in the left eye? Most likely not. This is a typical presentation of feline herpetic keratitis from the notorious and ubiquitous herpes virus, which is one of the most common viral causes of upper respiratory symptoms in cats and the leading cause of conjunctivitis, corneal ulceration, and stromal keratitis. After initial infection, the virus can remain in neural ganglions where they remain latent, only to be reactivated with stress or immunosuppression. It is not surprising to see recrudescence of herpetic infection in a systematically sick cat like ours. Usually, clinical symptoms and the patient history suffice to provide a presumptive diagnosis of ocular FHV infection. If you need to be extra convincing, a PCR assay on the oropharyngeal and conjunctival swab is the gold standard for diagnosis. FIP used to be a death sentence for cats. In the recent few years, there have been a few novel antivirals that have demonstrated efficacy in treating this nasty disease. Although none of them have been approved for use in the veterinary field, we are hopeful that veterinarians may have more legal options to help these feline patients in the near future. For studies on the novel antiviral drugs, please refer to the show notes. 
This cat's herpetic keratitis was presumed to be secondary to immunosuppression from being sick. Treatment of the systemic illness, which is FIP, should help with his herpes virus recrudescence. If symptoms persist or are causing significant discomfort, topical and systemic antiviral drugs for feline herpes virus can be pursued. Now let's hear what the expert has to say about this case. This interview is clipped from a live case round, so it might sound a little bit weird. Our guest is Dr. Brett Story, a senior resident in ophthalmology in UC Davis School of Veterinary Medicine. With this cat's right eye, we're quite confident that it has anterior uveitis. Are there any specific ophthalmic tests to confirm our diagnosis? So aqueous humor is, I want you all to think about it as an ultra filtrate of plasma. It's so filtered. It's so clear. It should be crystal clear. The second you have inflammation, those vessels start leaking protein. And that's what causes that, that flare that you all see using refractive properties of a light beam. You can see the flare. Hard to see it with the, the naked eye. With experience, you can kind of tell, like, I think this eye is going to have flare, but you really do need that slip beam. Compared to the hypopion and hyphema in the right eye, the corneal edema in the left eye is pretty nonspecific. Is that a fair statement? Corneal edema is really nonspecific, right? You can have causes on the surface, like you said, ulcers. And then you can have causes with the endothelial cells themselves, like you mentioned, corneal endothelial degeneration or dystrophy or high pressure in the eye. Those endothelial cells are so sensitive. They're only one layer thick and they can't regenerate. So anything inside the eye, any uveitis or glaucoma um, or any pressure touching the endothelium from a mass inside the eye will cause edema as well. So how do we know if the lesion is in the cornea or in the anterior chamber? The best is when you all start using your slit beam. So when you use a slit beam, that first beam is on the cornea. And I can't, let's see if I can draw. When you think about a beam, it's a horrible drawing, but when you think about your first beam, the first part of it is on the epithelium and the last part of it's on the endothelium. And so these endothelial plaques would highlight on the back part of the beam. Whereas these plaques in this, this picture would highlight in the stroma. So just using slit beam and also typically KPs, keratic precipitates, don't have vascularization of the cornea. So this, this cornea over here is telling us something is wrong in the cornea itself, whereas KPs are in the uvea or in the inside the eye in the anterior chamber. I, I see that a lot of these cats with anterior uveitis, we test for FIV, FELV, but like, how do these infectious diseases manifest this way? So our top differentials of the cat are the three Fs and a T, FELV, FIV, FIP, and toxoplasmosis. So for all these cats, we rule out FIV and FELV. I will say FIV I typically don't see the cratic precipitates. It's more of just a flare. FELV, if it's causing lymphoma elsewhere in the body, can lead to a pretty intense uveitis. But FIP is the most common and what you all should take home. The other thing 
where we live is just thinking of Cryptococcus and Coccidioides, so fungal as well. Do we want to treat anterior uveitis of the right eye with atropine? Yes, however, it's a cat. And you have to be a little careful with atropine in cats because it causes intense hypersalivation. Mm. Uh, you could try the ointment. They seem to salivate less with the ointment. You are 100% correct. If the animals, if, if it was really painful, we do have tropicamide, which acts similar to atropine as well as cyclopentylate. Just make a star. You're thinking correctly. Atropine for uveitis. Just always make a clinic, clinician note that it, an owner will call you. You send home atropine drops to the cat because they will salivate like crazy. It's very bitter and it gets absorbed in their nasolacrimal duct and they can taste it. How about topical anti-inflammatory for the right eye, in addition to systemic treatment of FIP, apparently? Uh, you need to remember... This is inflammation of the uvea, so we need anti-inflammatory. We need a steroid, a topical steroid, prenicillin acetate would be ideal. Uh, not for the herpetic eye that this patient has, but for the uveitic eye. You could reach for an NSAID, but if there's active aqueous flare and inflammation, you need a steroid. NSAID is the step down. The steroid's really gonna help this cat and you have to treat quite frequently in the beginning, you know, six times a day sometimes. Now, if the cat did have an ulcer, then maybe I'd be more on team non-steroidal. If the cat had an ulcer and, and I couldn't use a steroid on the eye, you could use a steroid or an NSAID by mouth. However, if the cat has FIP, you probably don't want to put it on a steroid by mouth. You may lean more towards something like Robenococcid is what we use in cats for about three days. It can penetrate the aqueous. This wraps up another episode of Vet Nurse. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that was helpful. If you like this episode or if you have any questions or comments, please leave a message. For those interested in participating in live case discussions, I'm also hosting a live case round every Sunday afternoon sometimes with expert guests, most of the times just a small group of vet nurses discussing a case. Email me at ariel.tj.li at gmail.com to receive the Zoom link for these round sessions. And see you next time!